This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by Evan Grant. And on the phone, David Moore. David, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Kevin and Evan? Oh, thank you for asking, David. I'm I'm doing quite well today. And how are you? I'm doing splendidly. Uh, it's, it's, it's so nice that everybody's so polite in here and concerned about each other. And their welfare. Enough about you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's get to those Cowboys. Let's get to those Cowboys. This is the big week, David. This is the week that we find out who the Cowboys really are. You know, they've been looking for a team that could measure their potential of what they think they are. I think that these players think that they are a Super Bowl team. The players think that. Now, the results don't show that so far. So, David, you, I, I was penciled in before the season. I'm sure you did, too. This is a loss. Playing in Foxborough against the great and dreaded Patriots. Not a great environment, especially this late in the season. You really couldn't expect them to win that. I'm saying that if they do win this game, though, we finally have to really take the Cowboys seriously, don't we? So... But you have a pretty good idea who you believe they are, right? Yes, sir. I do. And what do you believe they are? (laughs) David and I have talked about this. This is a team that is is so inconsistent, and and just it it just go it goes forwards and backwards and forwards. And this at some point you have to say this is who we are. You know, we're not a team that can sustain a level of football, a level of attention to detail that enables us to win. Week after week after week. There is a breakdown somewhere almost every week with this team. You know, I, I think what we've seen lately that's really alarming to me is on special teams. Their special teams the last two weeks have been pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's and those are the kind of mistakes you cannot make. So what it comes down to you is this is not a team in your mind that is capable of playing four consistent weeks of good football against good competition. I don't think so. No, we haven't seen it. I mean, they haven't. They you know the Eagles are the best team they've beaten, and right. the Eagles are, are are not bad, but they're not they're not great either. Uh, and so you know, and they played pretty well against the Patriots last week, uh, and then that seventeen to ten loss. Um, but that was a that was a Patriots team begging to be beaten. You know that that was a chance for you to really do something. And, and Carson Wentz just wasn't up to the task. Right. Yeah, the, I will say the Patriots are in a, a stretch where um, this isn't their best ball. I mean, Baltimore dominated them. They had a bye week to prepare for Philadelphia and clean up what they didn't do against the Ravens and still didn't look really good with what they put out there. I mean, in fact, you know, Edelman threw their only touchdown pass. It wasn't Tom Brady. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, they're really struggling offensively right now. They're not struggling defensively. Uh, them and San Francisco are are above every other team in this league and and what they're able to do defensively. But but this is not a, a, a sharp New England team at the moment. Uh, but they are playing in Foxborough, where if you count the postseason, they have won 20 straight games there. Um, That's pretty impressive, so, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Um, you know, and and look, to, to me, yeah, this Cowboys team is inconsistent, and, and I think there's, it's very rarely – that one game can change a regular season for you. Uh, but if Dallas was somehow able to win this game, like when they went in and beat New Orleans last year, right? Uh, like, like in Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott's rookie season where they beat Seattle early in the year, I think there are games that give you a confidence and a belief that, okay, uh, we haven't been able to back up our words, but now we've been able to. We've not only shown everyone else, we've shown it to ourselves. Let's see you stop us now. I I think this is the one game left on the schedule that if Dallas was able to win, it would break this team out of their inconsistent identity. Uh, But if they lose this game, I, I just don't know that there's another one on the, I, that doesn't mean they don't have tough games left against some good teams, but I just don't see it having the sort of impact on the season and kind of reversing their fortunes from what they've been to this point. This, in my mind, this is kind of their last chance to do it in the regular season. Yeah. Well, well, sure. I mean, you're going to the Super Bowl champs and the team of, of certainly this decade's home um, and, and playing there and uh, – uh, if there's a chance to make a statement that that kind of gives you momentum, it is it is this. Uh, on the same on the same time, or at the same at the same time, time is how we like to use that. Cliche. At the same time, you know they they come off of this game and then they they have the short week and they've got a pretty good Buffalo team coming into uh, Jerry World on Thursday and sure. you know you're only is. You could win that Patriots game and have a letdown against Buffalo four days later, and and all of a sudden you're saying the same thing. Who is the schizophrenic football team? Um, but, no question. But, if that hap- if that happens, you got nothing. You got no benefit out of beating New England. Correct. Because I, you just reinforced who you were. It, I, it's the, the New England game only serves as a springboard if you continue to win after it. That's, if you don't, then you know it's just an aberration, and, and this fits into your pattern of you being an inconsistent team. That is the point. That, that is the point. That this does this game does potentially give them a springboard that they can use momentum wise to get on a roll that separates them from the rest of well from the from the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, that puts them in you know. <sighs> It's certainly going to be hard for them to avoid playing the in the in the wild card round, right? But it, it gives them the slightest of, of opportunities to get back into that hunt, um, and, and so it, it it is a significant game. And uh, listen, I they should have beaten. I thought they should have beaten the Lions by more than than eight points on Sunday, um, but clearly Dak had a big game. Uh, the secondary receivers had huge games. Um, there is there is reason to think that 
that this team now maybe has decided to alter its identity a little bit and is opening the 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 offense up a little bit and and if so they're going to be a little bit more unpredictable and a little bit more explosive David uh, I want to ask you about that uh, because you know we we all and everybody did pounded on the Cowboys about uh, the fact that uh, you know the the two plays against uh, um, the Vikings in which uh, the second and two and the third and two and they, they kept wanting to run and then they threw to to Zeke on on fourth down um, and uh, you know no one wanted to question the play calling or anything like that and then we hear you know and I was you're at the game I'm watching it on TV. Uh, we hear on on the broadcast that Jason Witten had told uh, uh, Kevin Burkhart and, uh, and Charles Davis that we got to come out throwing the ball. We got to come out, you know, uh, uh, threatening, going downfield, being a downfield threat. We've we've got to do these things. And then we see after the game where uh, Dak Prescott is asked about you know running the ball, and he said, "Listen, there's no sense." And he, and he was talking about that game in particular against the Lions. There's no sense. And beating your head against the wall, let's throw it. You know, we're not getting anywhere running it. So those are all quotes that could have been used after the Vikings game. You know, when when Dak said, "I'm not going to question the play calling," which was from a teammate standpoint and a player standpoint. You, you know, that's that's never a good thing if a guy's doing that publicly. But those are things he could have said then, and I'm sure that's what he was thinking then. We saw that because of what he said after the Lions game. There's no use beating your head against the wall and doing this. And Jason Witten is saying. This is what we need to do. We need to go downfield. So you you really get the feeling that the players were frustrated with all of this and that, it, that they were f- feeling and even saying, listen, you know, Jason Garrett, Kellen Moore, we have got to be a different kind of team. Do you get the sense now that the players are are uh, were, were not on board with what was going on before and that this is the direction they wanted to go? Well, I, I think this is, you know, we talked about this a little bit before. I, I just, I still get the sense this season offensively, they're in that little bit of a messy transition period where they know they're a better passing team. It, it, it's more indicative of, of their success now than it has been in the past. Yet they can't bring themselves to go all in. And, and I think. I think the second and two and third and two finally drove home. Uh, we need to go all in. Much like you go back several years when Scott Linehan first came here as offensive coordinator, and what was what was the attitude then? Well, they passed too much, but they need to get a little more balance. They, they've got to rely on the ground game. And I think it was the opener against San Francisco where they have a first and goal on the five, never run it, they're stopped, have to kick a field goal, and wind up losing the game. And it's like, you said you were going to emphasize the run more. Why wouldn't you run there? And they gave Tony Romo run-pass options. And, of course, he has confidence in his ability, and he'd had more success passing through the year, so he he leans toward the pass. Well, they didn't give him those, those options in the next game. I think it was against Tennessee, and they ran like 50-something times and, and established their identity the rest of the way. I, I think the second and two and third and two against Minnesota just reinforced in their minds that, you know what, we say we've already stretched. We threw 46 times in that game. How could you say we haven't adapted? Well, no, you should have thrown 48 times in that game based on how you were playing instead of 46. And I think their failure there when they felt they 
were playing better than Minnesota uh, just reinforced that, you know what, we've got to go all in on this. And, and now you've seen a team where Dak Prescott has had more than 40 pass attempts in four of the last six games. You know, there were games where if he got to 25-28, they were saying, oh, this is a good mix uh, just two years ago. So th- this team has undergone quite a change. And, and I do think um, I think they had a bit of a, a get-together and, and, and all reached an understanding of, okay, we know we're a better passing team now. So at key moments of the game, why aren't we passing the ball? Uh, especially when that's been the only thing that's been working up to that point in the game. We'll do a better job of that. And, and what you also saw as to what Jason Witten was talking about, I think the other thing beyond just the, the second and two and the third and two in that Minnesota game was their insistence on running Elliott on just about every first down and then facing a second and nine or a second and eight. Right. Uh, they flipped that script against Detroit. They came out throwing, and they were very effective throwing on first down. And to me, I don't think it matters whether you run to set up the pass or pass to set up the run. Um, you do what is best for your team at that time. And I think this team right now is at its best, is at its best when it passes to set up the run. So I, I think Elliott's still going to be involved and be a big part of these games. And I would argue he's going to be a huge part of this uh, New England game if they have a chance to win. But uh, I, I just think that's where it is now. I think Dallas finally realizes they have to pass to set up the run, not the other way around. You brought up that point in your, uh, your story for today for the Dallas Morning News, uh, in which you, you talked about just what you said about the, how you feel like the running game will be Really important against the Patriots this week because you feel that uh, Bill Belichick will will do things to try to frustrate Dak Prescott. Will look at the things that he's done this year and he succeeded at, and try to take those things away. I, I know that uh, uh, that the the idea of in Dak's first four years in the league, or at least it was certainly in the first three years, was that let's uh, let's stop the run, let's load up and stop the run, and then we'll we'll make Dak beat us. We we heard other other players say that from other teams you could see that from everything that was out there that's what they were going to do I'm really interested to see what Bill Belichick thinks I think that will say everything about uh, Dak's progress in this league if he doesn't feel that uh that Dak can beat them if he still tries to load up against the run and he says okay go ahead Go ahead and, and, and let Dak try to do his thing. I have confidence in my defense, which is a very good defense, by the way. Also very good special teams. You know, that's, that's to me the mark of a great team is that, all right, we may not be performing well on offense. We may just not have the players. I mean, they don't really have, uh, you know, without Gronkowski and without any other dynamic uh, receivers, Edelman's all he's really got left that, that's really, a, a, you know, a, a kind of a remnant of what they were once offensively. And they, you know, they've never had a great running back. You know, they've they've always been able to get by, but they do everything else just so well. But if if Bill Belichick decides, if we see him say, I still think that the, the, the deal is with the Cowboys, you stop the run, and then you make uh, you make Dak beat you. Uh, we'll see what he thinks. If, if if he flips that and says, no, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna disguise things. I'm gonna blitz. I'm gonna bring this guy. I'm gonna do that. Whatever it is, he feels like he has to do to try to stop. Dak's progress, then then we'll know what uh, the best coach in the history of the game thinks about Dak Prescott. Yeah, that'll be pretty telling. That'll be much more affirmation than what we're saying about him or what the statistics say about him, because that is 
that has been the cornerstone of Belichick's defense through the years is they take away or they work to take away your number one option and force the you know the supporting cast to beat you if you will. So, uh, now again, that doesn't mean he's always successful. Clearly, uh, when they played Baltimore, he wanted to take away Lamar Jackson, and he didn't come close to doing that. Um, but again, now let's get back to that template. What was it? And Baltimore, the Ravens beat New England in that game 37-20, to dominated them. I believe they ran the ball 41 times and threw it 23 times in that game. They ran for more than 200 yards against the Patriots. Now, that's the template the Cowboys used to use the last three seasons with Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. Um, you know, now, now it's been flipped, and, and you're on the seesaw, and it's going the other way. But that doesn't mean, you know, I, I, th- I think a lot of times, yes, this, this is undeniably a team that relies more on the pass now to be successful than it has at any other time under Dak Prescott and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. There's no question about that. But I think sometimes we deal in two broader strokes when we're talking about uh, a transition being made or like a torch being passed. Um, yeah, maybe the torch has been passed from Elliott to Dak Prescott for this season as far as who is the central figure in this team's offensive success, who is the most important player to that success. But that doesn't mean that Dak can hold, you know, hand the torch back to Ezekiel Elliott for a couple more games this season. That doesn't mean it's never going to leave his hands again. Uh, you know, true balance is going into a game and saying, you know what, if we need to pass 40, 45 times in this game to win, we can do that. But if we need to run 40 to 45 times in this game in order to give us a, a chance to win, we can do that as well. And the, the, the one concern I, I would throw out there right now is I think you have seen a deterioration or an erosion in the effectiveness of the Cowboys' running game that I don't know that they're able to win uh, by strictly running the ball right now. Now, did that come because they placed such an emphasis on improving the passing game and their pass protection um, that they're, they're not as, as disciplined and not as dominant in the run game as they were? Was there a bit of an erosion there? It appears so at this point of the season, but... You know, in the past, there have always been points in the season where the running game hasn't been as effective and they've gotten it back on track. Uh, I, I think we're going to find out here pretty quickly whether or not uh, just how much this running game has deteriorated because uh, I think they definitely want to run against New England. You know, that was the thing that struck me about uh, the Vikings game and because everything that fell apart late, uh, and, you know, there, there's just so much you can stuff into a column. But, um you know, Dalvin Cook was spectacular in that game. You know, you, you watch him uh, and what they do with him, not only just turning around and sticking the ball in, the stomach, in his stomach, but also, you know, throwing him the ball, screen passes and, and the like. He's just a dynamic player, so quick and, and, and fast and can do so much. And even with that, uh, the Vikings said, yeah, we're going to bring in this other guy too and let him run the ball a few times. Uh, and I think, as you pointed out, uh, that Zeke was at least the third best running back on the field that day. Um, and that's, to me, the issue with this the Cowboys' inability until last week, and, of course, early against the Dolphins when Tony Pollard ran for 100 yards, but that's against the Dolphins. Uh, you, you know, in the, in the game last week against the Lions, Tony Pollard got a more significant role, and he responded when given that role. You know, he's clearly 
You don't have to be any genius to look out there on the field and say, oh, this guy's faster than Zeke is. This guy brings you a little different element uh, here to his game. And they can, you can say all you want to is, you know, well, when we take Zeke out, now we're taking away one of our best players, and, and do we really want to do that? It's like, well, Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the league right now, and the Vikings say it's okay to take him out of the game occasionally and present a different look, you know, the Cowboys, you know, stubbornness about these things, and I guess that's what bothers me the most about them offensively is just their stubbornness. I'm willing for them to do anything. Do whatever you want to do. You know, you can run the ball as much. You can still be a run-first team. You just need to be able to mix it up enough to keep the other team off balance, to be 50-50 on first down. You know, I had, I didn't go back and look at the numbers after this game against the Lions to see what they were. But clearly they, they threw the ball much more on first down than they had previously. Dramatic. They threw more than they ran on first down this past game. It wasn't even close. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was about a two-to-one ratio, I think. I don't have it right in front of me, but it was around there. And it doesn't so, even need, yeah. to, it doesn't need to be that. If it's 50-50, that's enough. But when it's it, like in that, in that game, that loss of the Vikings, to your point about running Zeke, until that last series, or next to last series, when, when Dak passed them all the way down the field, the Cowboys had run on first down 15 times, and they had thrown six, you know. Yeah. And, and, and those 15 times were not successful, you know. Those, those weren't like they were getting six, four, six, eight yards on those first, on those first down uh, uh, plays. They're getting nothing. They're getting two yards a carry on those, and yet they insisted on doing it. You know, and that's the thing that that frustrates me about watching this team is just the the idea that no, 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 it doesn't matter if we're having success or not. This is what we said we're going to do, and this is who we are, and this is what we're going to do. And that Lions game at least showed that they were willing to entertain other concepts. And I and I am saying, you do whatever you want to do, just mix it up. Be at least fifty fifty on first down. Sure, and, and I think uh, and, and I think there's enough empirical evidence now for them to see that that's you know irrefutable that uh we have to mix it up more we're getting look look at the average yards per play and passing attempt versus run attempt uh it's not it's not even close to what they're doing on first down so it just makes sense for them to do that uh, especially at not just the level that Dak's playing but the level that these receivers are playing right now too and and going back to how you started this on pollard uh this is a better team when Pollard has the role that he had against Detroit. And what, what they fell into was, you know, the running game wasn't where they wanted it. And so that early series that they had designated for Pollard in these games, they didn't get to because they either fell behind by too much and they hadn't had the ball and they wanted to give uh, Elliott a chance to get untracked. And then so suddenly now Pollard loses his one series he's going to have in the first half. So then you go, okay, well, we're still going to get him in on this third series in the, in the second half. Uh, and then you look up and, and they're down or, you know, the, the offense hasn't been on the field much and they just go, well, look, now, now we're behind. We're fighting for our lives. Do we trust Pollard more out there or Elliott? Well, Elliot's done this for us before. Let's go with him again. And, and you'd look up at the end of games, and Pollard was out there for three snaps, and you're saying, what in the world are you doing? And uh, so they know they need to be more committed to getting Pollard out on the field. And I will argue that Ezekiel Elliott having back-to-back games of 47 and 45 yards 
when they were determined to get him untracked and get him a bigger part of the game. I think that is what's going to get Pollard out on the field more the rest of the way and, and them convinced that, you know what, let's just go ahead, let's, let's do this. We'll give Elliott the first two possessions, and Pollard's going to get the third. And let's, let's stick to that and, and see how it unfolds from there. I, I think they're going to be more committed uh, to doing that, uh, especially after this last game. All right, now I don't want us to get too down the road here because I want us to talk about defense, but I can't leave the offense until I bring up a point that I made last week uh, in the column in which we went back and looked at numbers about Zeke Elliott. He's had one one carry of, of 20-plus yards this year. Over the previous three years, he had 30, which led the league. Uh, that uh, Todd Gurley was second, and he had 21 over that same span. Um, so do – He's 24 years old. There's no reason to think that Zeke Elliott has suddenly lost it at 24. Uh, but clearly, he does not look the same in the open field. Uh, we remember the days when he was hurtling people in secondaries. He has not looked that electric at all this year. Do you think that there is, am I making too much of this, or do you think that uh, there, there is a possibility that something is the matter with him? What, do, what is your opinion? He, I mean, again, you, you can't refute what's right in front of you. He's not as explosive uh, as what we've seen in his first three seasons in the league. That factors in. But I will also say that this offensive line has not been as dominant in its run blocking as it has been the last three years. Like I said, they were so poor in pass protection last year. That was their emphasis all offseason. You've got to get better there. And they've made dramatic improvement in that. And, and you go back and you look at that Detroit game, you know, Dak Prescott was talking about how there were several times out there where he went through his progressions two times right. that he had so much time that the offensive line was giving him. So I, I think if you look, if you look at the, the size of the holes that Elliott is running through this year, they, there aren't as many and they aren't as big. Uh, think back to some of his biggest runs, that there was like a huge gap opened at the line of scrimmage uh, that, that he was able to run through. How many times this year have you, have you just intuitively looked out there and gone, oh, my gosh, look at, that, look at that hole the line just opened for him to run through? I don't think you've been doing that too often. I, I think he's had I, – I, I think his burst has been impacted because he doesn't have the same launch pad, if you will, uh, that he's had these last three years. I think he's had to navigate through more traffic and, and trash to get to that second level than he has in the past. And so I think you don't see the burst as often as you did before because he's not in a position to use it. I, I think that's true. And I, But I also I think, too, is that you know he's a very hard runner, and I, I would never take that away from him. He, he makes a lot of contact. And when you do that a lot – not only over the course of your career, but in one season in a, in a game. And when the yards have been so hard to come by, I think it's certainly possible that you're just a little worn down. And, and, and you know, and now getting out there and, and, and making one guy miss is, is harder than it would have been 
had you not been taking so many direct hits uh, in the course of a game. And, then, of course, he he initiates a lot of hits. I do think he's the kind of running back that, that over the course of his career is going to wear down. It was inevitable because he is such a physical runner. Uh, and, I, and I think that uh, it makes me wonder, too, about giving him that big contract. But, you know, that'll, that'll happen. We'll, well talk that, about yeah, that there were a lot bit. of questions on that. Yeah. I, I will say, though, that I think uh, another thing that's happened and why you're not seeing that, I, I will say that – uh, well, but what's the one play of his that he made in that game that stands out in the Detroit game? It's the screen pass. Right. And he was he was out in space. He did a good job of catching the ball and adjusting to it. And then I think he showed a little bit of a burst there. Uh, there you go. Well, see, he's, he still got it. Well, you know, they're not throwing to him as much because all of these receivers are so good. You know, I mean, you've had just in the last two games, you've had Amari Cooper – Randall Cobb and Michael Gallup have all gone for more than 100 yards in a game. Yeah, uh, Randall Cobb has done it twice. So now you're in a position of, okay, do we want to be like last year where we threw uh, Elliott the ball 77 times, 71 or 77 times, where he was our leading receiver? Or now, you know, do we want to get it down the field to Gallup? I mean, you're going to have to give up something. So I think – he was getting the ball in open space in the passing game some last year where you saw a little bit of that burst and elusiveness where he'll go games now and he may not get more than one or two passes thrown to him in the entire game because this uh, the, the passing attack is operating at such a high level and, and is getting a good yardage down the field. So I think that's another avenue for him where you – you know, you notice that there's not a lack of burst because he's getting he's been cutting down on those opportunities. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, all, all good thoughts. Evan wants to say something now. All right. Well, we, we have to get out of here. Um, but before, <laughs> you have to get out of here. <laughs> David and I can go on talking all day, but you have to get out of oh, here. Oh, you can talk all day. All right. You've wow. pretty much done that all morning. Wow. Well, at one point I looked over and you were asleep, so I thought I needed to keep talking. I was resting my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I think it's important before we get out of here, though, for um, for us to go around the table, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, since this is a rather large game for the Cowboys, and uh, get score predictions. So, um, David, Evan, why don't you start? I think that's an excellent, excellent thing to do, and I think you should start it off because of that fine lead fine in thought of yours. Yeah. Oh, you think I should start it off? Okay, I'm going to start it off. I. I I, I don't think the Patriots are going to ask to be beaten again this no. week in, uh, in Foxborough. And uh, I am going to give them a 31-23 victory. Wow. You're saying that that Cowboys defense is really going to fall apart. I'm going to say the – I, I, you know what, given the Patriots, I, I would not be surprised if seven of those points come off of uh, a special teams or defensive uh, no, touchdown. That could happen. I'm going to say 21-17 Patriots. David? I'm going to say, say 28-17 or 31-17. Well, you got to pick one. New England. <laughs> you can't have both, David. You only get one. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to get away with it. No. No, yeah. So, so basically what it comes down to is that none of us believes the Cowboys are a Super Bowl team. 
at this point. I'm not saying they're not a Super Bowl team at this point. I'm just saying they haven't proved it yet. Mm-hmm. Prove it to me. I, I, yeah, I, at this I, point, they're not. Yeah, I've stuck my at neck out. They're not. I would. Yeah. I, I would take that under consideration if they beat New England this week in New England. Yeah, I think that's the, it's the comp- it's yeah. a complexion changer. They've they've you know they're on the upswing um, after the win over Detroit on the road. Uh, they win again this week. You can you might be able to start believing in them again. But I think to this point, uh, ten games into the season, going back to what where we started a half an hour ago, the the feeling is they are what they are, and what they are is a good, not great team at this point. Yeah, they got to tighten up things yeah. on defense, tighten up things on special teams for sure. That's it's ridiculous how the way the special teams have been playing. Uh, and then the offense has to keep playing at the same level it has shown, uh, you know, pretty much throughout the season. But uh, there has to be a lot of other ones, too. All right, that's going to do it from in here. Everybody out there, we appreciate you taking the time and coming and uh, listening to our podcast. Make sure you check out our Rangers and our Mavericks podcast as well. Evan is making as much noise as possible on the way out. and uh, I have to be with the commissioner of baseball. <laughs> He is specifically. I wish you hadn't put it that way because now I had that mental image of you being with the commissioner of baseball. He has asked especially for my attendance so that he could answer questions related to the Rangers' beautiful new stadium. Yeah, um, right. But nothing related to the things that people want to know about. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thanks, David. Um, And thanks to everybody in here and everybody for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.